Have you ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious and yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Hello and welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere. We're going to have a great show today. I've got my friend Wendy Weber on again. And Wendy and I are cohorts. We trained around the similar times. We we're affiliated souls, put it that way. So she's on today, and we're going to um, go a little bit in depth about certain things. And one of them is that I'd like to talk about Stephen Parkhill. And Stephen Parkhill, I know a little bit about, but Wendy knows much more. So I'm going to hand it off to Wendy. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Happy to be here again. <laughs> again. Okay, we're going to get into all that other good stuff we talk about sometimes. But first of all, let's just really go into Stephen Parkhill and tell people who he was. Well, okay, to, to clarify, I, I didn't know Steve well. well we weren't, no, we weren't no, buddies or no, anything. No. But I was definitely, a, you know, very fascinated with, with his work and studied his work a great deal. And I also had an experience of his approach to healing. And uh, so these things impacted me very, very profoundly. Um, but it, I have to also say that it took me many, many years to understand what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you do. And now you can um, give some of that great power inside of yourself. Well, I can give my take on things. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so Stephen Parkhill, uh, um, I, 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 fought, well, I got into Omni and my Omni training yeah. after, you know, my first, my first certification course was a complete bomb and that took me into Omni. Otherwise I would have quit completely. I would just like, I'm not doing this hypnosis thing, forget it. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I did, I went to Omni and, uh, and this got me what I was looking for. I was looking for the regression work. Um, and through Omni, I discovered Stephen Parkhill mm -hmm. uh, and I, I got a hold of his um, Healing with the Mind uh, video course and it blew my socks off. I, I mean, like, that's it. <laughs> that's the stuff. That's what I wanted to do. And so uh, um, I, I started practicing that. You know, I brought in my guinea pigs and anybody could get my hands on just to practice that style because it's, it, it's all timing and it's all really, you have to be very assertive in, mm -hmm. in your, you know, in your sessions with that. And so I was practicing that and scaring the bejesus out of my friends. And, <laughs> and somehow, I don't know how exactly it happened, but I, I got invited to go to a training and there were five of us that were, were in that particular training in Florida um, with Stephen Parkhill. And I had, uh, had the good, the good uh, luck or whatever you want to call it um, to have a session with him. I was actually talking to him on the phone beforehand and I said, listen, um, I've never actually experienced a regression session because I didn't know anybody that did it. Right. Mm. Um, because of the training that I've had we, we weren't taught that. And so uh, I, I, uh, I said, would it be possible for me to, you know, book a session with you while I'm in Florida? And he said, well, when I'm teaching a class, I don't have time to do that. But here's the deal. 
if you'd be willing to be my demo unit, demo unit for yes. the class, um, <laughs> then yeah, you'll, you'll get your session. I said, you're on. <laughs> you know, Lauren hates a coward. So uh, um, here's where it got kind of weird. About two days before I was going to get on the plane to go to Florida, I developed a breast lump. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was visible. It was about half the size of my pinky nail. And uh, I took a picture of it because I figured, well, this is what he works with. So um, I uh, showed up and when he was doing the session, uh, you know, he did a, like a preliminary intake and what are we dealing with? And so I, I told him and, uh, and he says, okay, pause after we'd done this whole intake process. And he said, how much of what you're telling me is true? And how much of it are you just making up? Because I was just a demo unit, right? And I said, well, it's all true, except for the part that I haven't been to a doctor. I, I couldn't get in in two days because this all came up just before I got on the plane. And he's, he rolls his eyes and he looks around the room at the class and he says, well, folks, looks like we're going live. <laughs> so I get the real deal in that class and it was a roller coaster ride to the ISC and uh, ISC um, being initial, the initial sensitizing, sensitizing event the cause yeah. of the problem mm. and um, uh, so to make a long story short uh, at the end of the session uh, I kind of was like shell shocked and he said just go and rest and sit by the ocean and have a good sleep tonight and we'll talk tomorrow. And um, uh, and the next morning I got up and the lump was half the size that it had been the day before. The day before. And uh, so I told him and he said, well, he says, um, you know, time will tell. Um, either we got everything and it'll just dissolve away over the next week or so, or, you know, there might be some more work that needs to be done. So, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch. And by the end of the week, it was gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of two weeks, I was finally able to get in to see a doctor. He did a battery test, couldn't find a damn thing. And I told him my story, and this is the best part of the story. And my doctor says, yeah, I always thought I'd kind of like to, you know, learn about hypnosis when I retire. When he retires. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah, so um, I, you know, I'm not just a believer. I'm not. I'm not just a fan. Uh, um, I know. Yeah, I know this stuff really works. You know that the mind does have the power to heal. Well, it's the only thing that has the power to heal. I mean, even in medicine, when when they're they're not healing people, they're allowing the body. They're put, sewing it together. They're doing whatever they're going to do. Mm -hmm. The mechanics of allowing the body to heal. Now. I don't think that's a whole other kettle of fish, and I better not open it today. <laughs> don't mess so, with it. Okay, so Wendy, the only thing now I want to know from you is because we're hypnotists and we take this all for granted and we all just sort of know this, we're on the same wavelength, but the people out there don't know what we're talking about most of the time. So, not because they're stupid, it's just it never come into their purview and, and it's not normal thinking. So suddenly the lump goes down within the week. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, can you give a little bit insight or a little bit more understanding for them on how that happens? Can you do that? I put you on the spot. Got a week? <laughs> Got a week, yeah. Um, okay, let me formulate my thoughts here for a moment. Um, probably the 
easiest explanation would be a thing called symptoms imperative. This is something that Dr. John Sarno talks about yeah. in, uh, in his work, um, uh, uh, Mind-Body Prescription for Healing, yeah. uh, is, a, is a wonderful book um, that really simplifies the whole understanding of how the mind and body work together. And the symptoms imperative is essentially that the, that the, uh, the body will express through symptoms mm-hmm whatever it is that's that is unresolved within the mind yeah and so this is what regression to cause is about is uh uncovering what what it is that's that is trying to find expression through the body so that we can resolve that problem and then the body will heal itself which i want to add you know you 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 said something about this you know putting a band-aid on on the you know on the wound and Hippocrates uh, is considered the the father of modern medicine. And something that he taught his students was to um, interfere as little as possible with the body's natural ability to heal itself. And so he considered uh, chemical therapies, which in his day were were, um, herbs, Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and surgery, um, which they were performing back in the you know ancient yeah. Greek periods, and even the ancient Egyptians were doing surgery, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but those were considered last resorts. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the role of the physician was to essentially remove the blocks that were preventing the body from healing itself and let nature do its thing. Yeah. And so he called this this ability of the body to heal itself, the healing power of nature. Isn't that lovely? It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad we're not in that state of mind most of the time. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like I said, we're not opening that kettle of fish today. <laughs> okay. So, so when that happened and you had that great uh, experience, very intense experience, right? The roller coaster line right back. Yeah. And the intensity takes a certain amount of, uh, from the hypnotist side, a very, in, it's an intense, he's creating the intensity within you, but he needs to be assertive to do that. You sort of come to that, right? Because otherwise yeah. we squeak out, right? Well, okay, so Parkell's approach yeah. is a very, uh, very fast Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be fa- because he was he was dealing with life threatening illnesses. That's what he focused on. Yeah. That was his area of, of specialization. This is the really really tough complex issues that most hypnosis practitioners will never work with and shouldn't probably work with because it requires a high degree of skill. It requires balls of steel. It requires um, persistence. Um, and you've got to be able to work fast enough to stay ahead of the subconscious mind, which, as you know, works really quickly. So um, Park Hill was very, very skilled at this, and I experienced it from the inside. And, uh, my God, I, you know, I have described it as a roller coaster ride to the, to the causal event. It was boom, 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 bang in it. So actually, I think that's great because um, it's sort of like uh, when you're ripping off the Band-Aid or whatever, it's quick and, and it gets it done. Whereas if you do it slowly, sometimes it can be much more hurtful. You know, when you're, you know, your mom comes along and says, what? Rips it off. And then it's well, done, right? But if you sit there and you pick at it and you pick <laughs> at it and you pick at it, yeah. not so much 
not much gets done. The, the, the thing is, when you're just, when you're first starting out, like the most basic level of training for hypnosis is relaxation hypnosis. And a lot of um, hypnosis practitioners never go beyond that. They just learn how to do, you know, really nice relaxation induction. And, and, uh, and that's fine. It's good for a lot of issues. Um, and, Living in a modern world, people are so stressed out that learning how to relax the mind and the body in itself is a healing state. I agree. But when you have gotten to the point where, you know, the body is being consumed by uh, a disease state, um, relaxation hypnosis is not going to do it. You cannot relax a person out of an emotional problem. And so it requires a much more aggressive approach. I agree with you, as usual. We don't agree on everything, I don't think. Oh, let's have an argument. Yeah, let's see if we can find something. (laughs) No. Okay, so Stephen, I've never physically met the man. I read his book, of course. I've heard about him, and I've seen him on video. But what impresses me is that he had that stamina to stick with it. It was like really strong. Yeah, and that's a that's another um, really important um, point to make, and that is that this is not a single session um, approach to healing. Um, Steve always said, "Time will tell." It takes as long as it takes. Uh, no two clients are ever alike. No two issues are ever alike. You can you can line up twelve people in your waiting room and they've all got let's say breast cancer, but you have twelve different issues that you're yeah. dealing with because the the expression um, uh, the disease is expressing in a in a similar way but where it's coming out of is out of a very individual and personal experience. And so that's what needs to be resolved to get the healing. Yep. I'm with you on that. And I think the understanding is that, you know, that people think for some reason that hypnotists will, those people who believe in hypnosis believe we can do it like magic or something sometimes. And it isn't that yes, it's shorter term therapy than others, but you still very rarely get the fix in the one session. It's not, well, maybe not rarely, but there isn't always a such a thing. It's an unrealistic expectation. Yes. In my case, I got a single session healing. Yeah. You know, which is, which is a bit of a, 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 you might think it's a conflict, but you also have to realize that I had three years of full-time training. I had absolutely no disbelief whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, I was I was 100% invested in the healing. It cost me $3,000 for the session, you know, because I had to fly to Florida and I paid for the training and all the rest of that. So that was a $3,000 investment plus everything that I'd done before I even got there. So, but there was no, you know, my, my pre-talk was three years long. Yeah. Yeah. Preparing me for that session. <laughs> and even the, the, the night before I went in for that session, actually it was the morning, the morning I was going to have the session I knew. And I was biting my nails, right? And I sat down in my hotel room and I, and I just got quiet and I mentally took everything in my life and I put it on the table and I said, God, goddess, all it is, universe, whatever. Um, whatever's got to go, I'm willing. 
And if that means it's my relationship or my, you know, possessions or um, my career or whatever it happened, anything, whatever it is, I put it all on the table and whatever it takes, I'm willing. And so that brings me to the usual thing is you want the client to have investment which you definitely did. And you want to get them to a place as close to no doubt as you can. And uh, those are the, it's doubt that will bring not change. (laughs) Well, it's a block. You know, it's a block. It's one of the blockages. So um, all those things. And that's what we are working with as hypnotists mostly. But like you say, there's many people that there's nothing wrong with it. There's all styles of hypnosis. I've had every kind of hypnosis I can possibly think of on the show. And all of them are valid. 31 flavors. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about different flavors in the next after the break. Um, Okay, so we got a couple minutes here uh, just to sort of round up what we're talking about now. And then we'll go to break. You want to just sum up very quickly. I know I put that on you, but I know you're very articulate. Uh, oh, geez, we covered a lot of stuff. I don't know what... what. No, just, uh, you know, so um, maybe just about Stephen Parkhill. What does he represent to you in a way of, uh, as, a, as a therapist? Let me say this. Okay. What I learned from Parkhill yeah. was that mind and body do not work independently. Yeah. Okay, that's... And that healing happens when we let it and that that the role of the healer is to remove the blocks and when you're dealing with a a complex issue or um uh, an issue where someone is hasn't got a lot of time left you know Mm -hmm. you've got to get ahead of the disease um then you have to be really aggressive and work very quickly to to uh, To get a resolution okay so what i like about that is that we as hypnotists are not healers. We are blockage removers. So natural healing can Genitors. start. Yes, that's what we are. Yeah, we're, we're janitors. And on that note, I think we'll go to break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. 
Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, so welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere with Wendy Weber, and we're going to talk a little bit about regression. We're talking about Stephen Parkhill, who is phenomenal. So I'm just going to go from where we were at. Stephen Parkhill, like us, was a student of Jerry Kine on Omni Hypnosis, true? Jerry Kids. Jerry Kids, that's us. Yeah. But he was lucky enough to work with Jerry for a very long time, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. he was the sorcerer's apprentice, yeah. <laughs> and he he was uh, on the board of Omni for nine years. He used to sit in the room next to Jerry's office, uh, listening to his sessions and taking notes. And so he he really was the protege yeah. of Jerry Kine. Um, but there came a point where he developed his knowledge and skill to a point that he started to go beyond the teacher. And, you know, this is like Khalil Gibran wrote that the role of the teacher is to lead the student to the threshold of his own knowledge. And it's up to the student to go beyond. And this is what Steve did. So, and I should note here too, we didn't mention that Stephen Parkhill is the author of the book, Answer Cancer. And this is what he worked with. He worked specifically with, life-threatening illness, um, primarily cancer. Primarily cancer. Mm-hmm. And that book is uh, not in print, but there you is available I as a PDF, it, I think. I believe it is available on the Omni Hypnosis training yeah, site. In print? Uh, yeah, hmm. I think it Interesting. is. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, you can Google that, and you can Google Stephen Parkhill, and you'll get all kinds of insights, pro, negative, whatever, but you'll get lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so let's talk a little bit about what Stephen Parkhill, when in the regression you had, it was definitely the definition of what I think of as regression. I experienced a real regression. <laughs> the, my first regression was a real regression, and so that that raised that set the standard for me. Okay, I I never had any of those imagination journeys or past life or any of that stuff. This was a real, honest to God regression. Um, <laughs> and I think about that is, uh, what is a real to God regression? For me, it would be that you are in it, feeling it, that you're there. It's not just like a memory. It's not like something you thought up. It's not a confabulation. It's not a metaphor. It's nothing. You are in it. Right. Yeah. So a real regression is revivification. You are yeah. reliving the events. Yes. And uh, uh, so, so you, are, you are re-experiencing a memory 
And it's important to make a note that memory is not necessarily truth or fact. It's simply how a set of circumstances was being processed and interpreted at that time. And so that forms the, the, the memory of that event and mistakes are made, especially when these events happen very early in, in life. That was certainly the case for me because it, I went right back into the womb. It was right just before I was being born. And I made all kinds of decisions that were not based in truth or fact at all. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is what generated the problem. Yeah. And I've worked with a few people with cancer, not, I'm not doing any, Stephen Parkhill sort of work about 10,000 people or whatever, but uh, it does seem to go quite often back to that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least for me, when the few people mm-hmm. that I, I, I can count on, maybe two hands or whatever. But it's interesting, but I really, I read that book several times and already we're both on the same page. We were omniized by Jerry. <laughs> and, yeah. and, I found that I did regression to cause for everything. But what Stephen Parkhill did, he took it a little bit beyond, like you said. He's just gone one step further. He was mm-hmm. the sorcerer or princess that became... Yeah, he, he worked with the really tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this is not the stuff that, that newbie should be taking on. If you're a new grad, you should not be taking this stuff on because it has complexity yeah. and, uh, um, you know, it really requires yeah. a lot of skill to do. Get your feet first. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, as Stephen Parkhill was working in Omni for, um, as an apprentice for about nine years before he moved forward and all put everything together it wasn't just some i went for a weekend course and you know (laughs) i got i know what to do yeah because that isn't very good yeah takes experience work your way into life (laughs) yeah so let's talk a little bit about uh tribe of healers.com. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk a little bit because I think people are interested in regression, even the ones who think it's scary. Right. Yeah, well, I established um, Tribe of Healers because um, I, I realized that a lot of people uh, People, a lot of people were getting certified in regression to cause therapeutic hypnosis. They were leaving the classroom and they would end up in a session and, and all of a sudden they wouldn't know what to do. They just like, there's this yeah. gap between, between graduating, you know, and getting your diploma and hanging it on the wall and, and actually being able to work with the, with the, real clients and real problems that typically are going to come across your, you know, your threshold. And uh, so I, I wanted to do something about that. So my focus has been for uh, specifically for new hypnosis grads and, and getting some systems and some processes in place that will support them in, in doing the good work and getting those, those lasting results. And so I have developed a, a seven-step protocol that I call the devil's therapy. And that's, that's actually the name of my book, uh, which is uh, 10 years old now, it will, or soon will be 10 years old, and I'm in the process of rewriting it. Um, but on my website, I have 10 courses, and these are short, 
uh, courses on specific aspects of the therapeutic process, specifically for um, new regression hypnotherapists. Um, and But I also get a lot of... Um, Hypnosis practitioners who were trained in regression but never used it. They, they felt too intimidated. They felt like they didn't really no know what they were doing. They, they, you know, it's, they were a little afraid. They, um, and so I, I wanted to provide the tools for them. Yeah, and that, I have, from what I see, it's working very well um, because uh, Wendy is getting to be known as the expert. Uh-oh. I know that's scary because... Because I'm such an introvert. Yes. <laughs> you don't seem like an introvert to them because you're, you speak articulately, you're not nervous, all that kind of stuff. But I do know she's really an introvert. And that's probably why we get along quite well because I'm the extrovert. And, but I'm sort of the big picture person and, and Wendy is the structure person. Devil's in the details. No, devil's in the details. <laughs> but for me, it's all in the big picture. So we, we approach things quite differently. And we both respect each other for what we do. We wanted to talk about thought cause yes. alignment. Okay, let's talk about yeah. thought cause alignment. You know, this is something that, that um, Steve talked about in the training. He writes about it in his book, but he doesn't really say much about it. He just keeps saying thought cause alignment, thought cause alignment. And, <laughs> and, you know, and it took me years. Maybe he was a big picture person too. I could be, I don't know. Or maybe he just, you know, that was enough is that the thought is the cause of the problem. Oh, you yeah. need to find the thought. But it probably took me 10 years to actually realize what he was talking about. And, you know, this is something that Bruce Lipton's always on yeah. about, you know, yeah. the biology of belief that our thoughts Yes. impact us physiologically. Um, uh, if you don't, they can go back to the show we had. They'll find it. But it's true. Uh, everything, mm -hmm. we always agreed on that kind of stuff. We might disagree on little things, but not on the concept. Yeah. So that's what you're looking for when you, you know, the, the, the purpose of, or the goal of regression to cause therapeutic hypnosis is to locate the event that is at the root cause of whatever the problem happens to be. So it could be a lump, it could be a bump, it could be a, a, a you know, a, a, a fear, a phobia, it could be, you know, it really could be anything. But regression is for a uh, Problems that are rooted in unresolved emotions. And emotions have their roots in our past. You know, whatever, whatever the problem happens to be now, it's not what's happening now that's causing the symptoms. It's something that happened in the person's past. As uh, Dr. Gerd Hammer said, every dis-ease is the result of a life experience. Yes. So, so the goal of regression hypnosis is to find that life experience so that we can resolve the problem where it got started. And the thought that was created from Well, that's the underlying problem, yeah. yes. But I think this is so magical because if you can find the event that the problem was caused, yeah. it's, that's the easiest thing to, to resolve because yeah. problems build up over time. Mm -hmm. So if, for me, the, the, the problem, the breast lump, had its roots in an event where I was coming into this life. You know, mm -hmm. I was being born and I was just like overwhelmed with what was going on and what I was getting myself into. And so going back and resolving that event was not nearly as traumatic as having to deal with 
you know, the potential of having breast cancer now. Yeah. And, and I could see the story behind through the, through the session itself. I saw the story of how it had developed. But resolving it at the, at the, in the causal event was probably the easiest place to do it because there wasn't a lot of emotional intensity yep. compared to w what the potential was in the here and now. So that's a good point because, you know, many people say, well, you, you know, you can work with this, but you have to chip at it from here. And I think that's much more difficult. And I think it's for both people. So I think it's sort of like the cauterization you're doing. You know, you go in and you, you get that and you find out what it is and you address it right there. Right. You got to get the infection out of the wound. Yeah. If you don't, it's just going to keep festering. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's the underlying principle is that we want to get down to the first event. So that's the initial sensitizing event or the causal event. Um, Dr. Robert Scare calls that a, an event of kindling. Yeah. Right. Uh, or in uh, psychology, it's called priming. It's what primed a person to be sensitive to certain trigger or set of circumstances that would um, uh, stimulate the, the unresolved emotions trapped mm -hmm. inside. And so what we want to do is we want we want to purge those emotions from that event. And then it's no it, it's no longer event, uh, uh, a doesn't have any energy. Left. Right doesn't have any energy left, right? So the concept behind thought-cause alignment um, is, <clears throat> is something that I discovered in doing the uncovering work and regression. So when we go back into an event, we want to find out <clears throat> the who, what, when, where, how yeah. of that event. So we want to know, you know, what's happening. We want to know who's, who's involved in that event. We want to know how young you might be in that event. So for me, I was, I was like minus zero <laughs> and that, it, my age I wasn't even born yet and um, um, I was still inside mom so yeah. that was the that's where I was and what was happening was I was getting ready I was being pushed you know that I was feeling the contractions and I had all of this emotional stuff coming up and the emotions were were um, uh, fear and um, sadness and um, you know, uncomfortable emotions. But what was generating the emotions was the thought, the thought. And I was thinking, oh, mom is, I'm going to be too much for mom. That was, that was the primary thought. I'm going to be a burden on mom. And that caused me to feel so sad because I didn't want to hurt my mommy. And I was so afraid of being born in that moment. This, so that generated a, a, um, a block. And I remember Steve asking me, well, what makes you think that you're going to be a problem? And I said, I don't really know. I just know that she's got these two other kids. And one was eight and one was 10 years old. And they're kind of running around in the background. And somehow I, being added to the mix, was going to be too much on mom. So that was the thought. That was the conflict for me, that if I was born, I was going to be a problem. I wouldn't, you know, and so this seeded sort of a pattern of not belonging and all the rest of that. Yeah. Stop. Thought cause alignment is really simple. It starts with the perception. Now, there's five sensory perceptions are seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, right? And those are completely neutral. So that's the what's happening. What's happening? I'm being born. That's neutral. What follows is the thought. The thought is how I'm interpreting that experience. Mm -hmm. 
And I interpreted it in a negative way. And that specific thought was, I'm going to be a problem. I'm going to be a burden. No, woe is me. And that generates the emotion. The thought is the cause of the emotion. And the emotion is what drives behavior. Emotion is what motivates us to take action. And so the emotion is what stimulates a response at a physiological level. Yep. So that's the signal that comes out of the brain and is sent to a particular part of the body. Okay, so guess what? We're just already coming to, so let's tie that up. I think that uh, uh, the understanding is that that perception, in your case, it was negative, usually negative things. It's the thought that creates that thought. So because the perception of the person will be different no matter who you are. It's how you're interpreting the experience. And this is how an event can, a memory is not necessarily based in truth or fact. No. Because I came home and I asked mom, I said, you know, I had this really weird experience and I want to run it by you. And mom says, well, I don't remember when you were born because she'd already, she'd have four kids. She couldn't remember that. But she says, but you know, I do remember this. And she says, and you should know you were wanted. We were very excited about having you. You were wanted, you know, so that was not true. Mm. But I didn't know that. See, no, that's in, I didn't know that. And so, and the other thing she told me was that. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Finish off. You got to go. Oh, okay. So the other thing she told me was, she says, you know, before you were born, she she was experiencing symptoms. She was basically she got di- diagnosed with uh, a rheumatoid arthritis. Ah. And the doctor says to her, if you have this baby, it could put you in a wheelchair. Oh. Okay. You think I was picking up on that maybe? I think maybe. <laughs> so that explained everything. That explained why I was feeling so much fear in that situation. It wasn't my fear. No. It was mom's fear. Well, you feel it. You don't interpret it your own way. Right. And with that, we're going to go to break because we're running late. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi. This is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. 
So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to our third and last portion of Hypnosis Everywhere. We're going to tie a lot of these things together. That great reveal that Wendy left you about the feeling that was there, that fear that created that, and, and that chat with her mother who brought it consciously into our awareness of how it could have happened. But what we want to talk to you about right now is that the why isn't important. The healing was done already. Yes, this was another great lesson for me. I got good lessons very early on. You know, this is when I was just getting started. But uh, and of course, you know, hindsight is 2020. So this is in retrospect, I, I suddenly, you know, realized Oh, what this taught me was that insight isn't necessary to get the healing. I didn't need to know what the, what the actual cause of the problem was. All I needed to do was release the emotions that were trapped inside by, uh, by looking at the decision that I made. The decision was not true. Yeah. Okay. The decision was clearly not true, and my adult mind knew that. So that so I could correct the thought. Now, thoughts that are unchallenged over time become beliefs. Yes. Right. So biology of belief. Right. So what I did was I corrected that belief. That was no longer a truth for me. And in correcting it and purging the emotional content. I got the healing and it wasn't, you know, until a week later or whenever I spoke to my mom and she said, well, you know, um, that, that then I was able to kind of consciously go, oh, okay, that's where that fear was coming from. And if that was where it came from or wasn't, did not affect anything. I didn't need, Except I conscious didn't need to, to know, know that. Stuff. Yeah, the conscious mind <laughs> needs to understand. The conscious yeah. mind is very concerned with reason and logic. And yeah. so that was satisfied by mom's story. But I didn't need that to get the healing. No. So that sort of brings us to mind models. Because all of it is theoretical. We all see mind models slightly different. And you've yeah. got your own. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, I, you know, the, the simplest mind model, um, which I ended up going back to and using, you know, just for teaching clients about how to kind of picture in your mind how the mind works, is just the basic iceberg. Yep, and so you've got the conscious mind is above the surface of the water, the subconscious mind is down below, the, the conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, it's only about 5% of our mental potential, the other 95% is below the surface, and so that's where we want to go to get the healing and the, yeah. the way that we access the subconscious part of the mind is through hypnosis yeah. hypnosis is what gives us access to that level of of uh, information but there's another model that we were taught the mm-hmm. the kind kynian uh, mind model, model yeah. which is like uh, like a circle um, uh, uh, or a series of concentric circles. So there's a large circle, and then there's another circle inside that. And so the outer rim of that 
of, of that model is the conscious mind. So about 5% is right? And then the other 95% is kind of inside of that. And then at the very center is, a, is another ring, which is, we think of it as the unconscious mind. So we've got the unconscious, subconscious, and then we have the conscious mind. So if you take that same model and now you draw a whole bunch of rings into the subconscious level, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the rings of a tree. Right? And if you've ever seen a cross-section of a tree, yep. okay, there's all these rings. Each of those rings represents one year in the life of the growth and development of the tree. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one year. So at the center of the ring, you have what I think is our core energy, our core state. That's who we are before we start to take on any experiences in life. Mm -hmm. And then so the first ring is like the one-year-old and the second ring is the two-year-old and the third ring is the three-year-old. We're getting to a lot of rings. All the way up to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you were my mom, it would be 95 right yeah. here out there. Okay, and the bark of the tree is the conscious mind. That's the part of the, the mind that is interacting with what's going on in the external and also remembering as far back as we possibly can into the rings of the tree. Well, an arborist is, is a person who can read the rings of the tree. So in a way, we're kind of like arborists because they can go back and they can go, oh, look at that. There was a drought in that period of time or there was um, a, a bug infestation or there was a fire. And so you can read the tree's whole history in all the rings of the tree. And so those little events are the kinds of memories that we can visit in regression. But here's the thing. We talk about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind being as if they were separate Really, in an iceberg, it's just one iceberg, yeah. right? It's just the one's yeah. on, on the outside and one's on the inside. The same idea. But if you go back to Wendy at one years old mm -hmm. in that first ring, you're dealing with the conscious mind at one year of age. If you go to five-year-old Wendy, the fifth ring mm -hmm. in the tree, you're dealing with the conscious mind of the five-year-old. Yes. So every ring in the tree is just the conscious mind. That's true. And I the see, conscious mind now is merely the adult point of view based on all of those previous experiences. So if you can go back to the right ring, the right ring <laughs> and you can correct that little glitch that occurred in, in memory of the tree, then it is going to change your point of view at a conscious level now. It will also change what's going on physiologically because the mind and the body are not separate. No, because everything is one. And, yeah, we get into all these fabulous discussions, but it's true. And I always see it the same way or similar. I never, I'm not quite as articulate about trees and things like that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you do that. But we're always very much on the same idea that when we are addressing anything in the subconscious. What we're looking for is what the conscious thought and perception was. What's the conscious mind deciding <laughs> in that moment? And if you go back to the two-year-old, you're dealing with the conscious mind of a two-year-old, and it only has the wisdom and the maturity of a two-year-old. Yeah. So it can't figure things out in its environment. No. You know, the Bruce Lipton talks about epigenetics, right? Yeah. It's that the environment is determining how our responses. 
right? But it's the conscious mind's interpretation of the environment that is at cause. Yeah. And that interpretation is the thought. So we only have a certain amount of time in this show. And again, I can always have you back anyway, because you don't live that far from me and we get along quite well. But what I want to talk about now is that little stuff we were talking about dreams before mm -hmm. when we started. Mm -hmm. And you are really into dreams, right? So I'm going to let you lead that off and how you equate that. With okay. So what does dreams have to, you know, I get this a yeah. lot from what hypnosis practitioners. Like, what do dreams have to do with hypnosis? You know, and uh, so um, I'll tell you a little story. I was attending a regression hypnotherapy boot camp in Park City. And, um, and it was a wonderful experience and, you know, it was very interactive and we were bouncing stuff around in class and, and during one of the breaks, you know, we were having a coffee and we were, a number of us were standing around and we were, you know, talking about, oh, what about this? And, you know, things like how the yeah. mind works and, and, uh, uh, and somebody said to me, Wendy, how come you get this stuff? And it stopped me dead in my tracks. It was like, huh? <laughs> because I just thought everybody got it, you know. It, to me, it just seemed to, to, you know, it satisfied my conscious mind, right? Yeah. Reason and logic. It was totally logical to me. And I said, you know, I, I don't really know. Let me think on it. So I did. And uh, it came to me later. It's that before I got into hypnosis, um, what I was most passionate about uh, and have been for well over 30 years now is dream working. I've been paying attention to my dreams and recording my dreams and interpreting my dreams on almost a daily basis. And so that was the answer. What helped me to make sense of regression hypnosis was having this direct relationship with my own subconscious mind and and um, actively engaging in, in moving into the territory of the subconscious mind and understanding mm -hmm. my own interpretations of events. Because yeah. the subconscious mind makes no distinction between real and imagined. So as far as it's concerned, what's going on right here and now in the studio and what's going on when I'm dead asleep in bed and off into la-la land, those are actual experiences. And yes. what makes an experience real is the emotion that's attached to it. Yeah. Very true. So that's kind of where my roots were. That's what gave me the understanding. So I don't make any distinction between dreams and memories. Memories really come out of, uh, or dreams come out of our memories. They're, they're, they're pulling the, the, the information, the insights, the, the awarenesses in our daily life because they're relevant to us based on our own past. And so if you spend time checking out your dreams, you'll find out what your subconscious mind feels is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. I'm not, I didn't, I remember, um, she's, hmm, I know. It's fun. You're the detailed person, the structured person, and you're also, I'm the lazy big picture person. And in one way, when I hear, I very rarely remember my dreams. But the ones I do are usually pretty. They're whoppers. <laughs> they're, they're whoppers. <laughs> so I do get that. And I understand that. And I think for the reality is that there's nothing as a real thing because we all have a different perception of reality so what's imagination and what isn't real supposedly to people this is real everything around her you're real and i, I think you're real but 
the reality and the perception of who you are is totally different to you and to me. Right. Right. So, so we go back to the mind model and you see me through your lens of perception, which is based on your history. Yeah. So you can never really truly see me. You can only see a version of yourself. It's true. And that's what brings us back to the story. And this is my approach to dream working. It's called projective dream working. So every part of the dream is a part of me. Yes. Right? It's not predictive. It's prescriptive. Yeah. And so I can use a dream as uh, as a diagnostic tool. Yeah. Yeah. But what it, what it is is that we're all one. And that, that doesn't distract us from what's in the dream room because we're always going back in the way that you do the, your dream work to each part because each part is us. And I think most people don't quite get that. And I think when you're doing that and you're looking at that through, it's sort of like having to look through the eyes of the person or mm-hmm. the, the thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is that's causing the emotion. Well, you know, this is something that Park Hill talked about a lot, you know, and he would say that we, we come from, you know, the goodness of the universe. And, you know, and there is a level of mind where we are, we are completely connected. Um, uh, and, you know, the goal of meditation is, is to, to experience or re-experience that state of, of unity consciousness, that's true. And you know what, Wendy, we're going to have to have another show because we've only got a few minutes left. And I want to talk a little bit about um, you're going to Zurich. I'm going to Zurich, yes. Yes, and you're going to be in Switzerland doing the convention. Yes, there's a conference in Zurich. Actually, I'm going a week ahead of time to go to Warsaw because I'm going to be uh, doing Barbara Scholl's um, Hypno Kits. Oh, good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm going to be at the... Uh, uh, um, Hypnos Congress in yeah. Zurich, um, which I think is November 1st, and uh, I will be presenting on uh, the Devil's Therapy um, as a, a journey of, uh, of regression hypnosis, and then uh, I will be teaching a one-day class in dream healing. Great, which really is which is really a course in regression hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a different way of, of, looking, um, at of looking at it, and it, it gives the hypnotherapist, the tools to be able to do their own work, working with their own subconscious mind without using hypnosis. It also gives them a tool they can use with clients without having to use hypnosis or regression or anything um, because you can work directly with the subconscious mind through a dream. And it also helps uh, um, the hypnotherapist to better understand how the mind actually works. Okay. So we got that on there, and I also want you to talk about um, mention your tribe of healers dot yep, again. Tribe of healers.com. And uh, I have uh, 10 courses there. Um, you can get one of them free. Just get on my list if you're a regression hypnosis practitioner. Um, come on over and get on my list, and I'll send you a bunch of free information and reports and stuff. And uh, and I and all my courses are really low co- really low cost there you know I wanted to make them affordable and I chunk things down so that you can just learn one aspect so there's uh, a course on um, client attraction like you know how do you market uh, on a shoestring okay so you don't need a whole bunch of money to 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 get clients into your into your uh, 
uh, practice, but it's really important that you get the right clients. Otherwise, you're going to end up having problems you don't need. I've got a course on uh, preliminary assessment techniques so that you can qualify your clients. Very important. I've got a, a um, how, to, how to facilitate the intake process for regression hypnosis because it's more in-depth. Yeah. How to educate your clients for, for regression hypnosis because you're not just doing the hypnosis. So you need to prepare them for you know where you're going to take them. You need a contract for that. Um, and I've got some specific um, uh, processes in there for the first session for um, preparing a client so that you have your ideal client for regression hypnosis makes it really easy to facilitate the process if you prepare the client. Well, I'm glad we got that all in there because it's the end of the show. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> so really, thank you for coming. My pleasure. And we will see you again. I'm thanks for sure. having me. Yes, and thanks everybody for listening. And just check out Hypnosis Everywhere and all the shows available. See you next time. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week.